You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Flyers got back into the win column Tuesday night after another comeback victory versus the Buffalo Sabres. It wasn't pretty at first, but the team battled back and took home the dub in the shootout. That being said, we'll probably continue to beat the dead horse this episode. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and here's hoping that Patty can parlay that shootout goal into some real production on the ice. Uh, fingers crossed. He, uh, You can see the bench was really pumped for him. The team was fired up after that. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, it's kind of brutal that he's been pointless in 16, but with that shot, you wouldn't know it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm at Arenic, and the fact that less than a week ago, we were all on here joking about how the heart overreaction would potentially materialize into a Wentz 2.0 discussion and that has in fact materialized and that makes me want to die so that's where I'm at yeah absolutely brutal turn of events uh I'm Mike Zawissa and uh this team is certainly good at one thing uh, and that is drawing the most polarizing opinions of all time I don't think we've ever seen a Flyers team that uh has that same power yeah, Philly's going to be Philly, man. Uh, nothing nothing too new here. We'll, we'll get into the nuts and the bolts of the matchup and preview Thursday's game against the Caps. But before we get into that, a quick word from our sponsor. Uh, you've heard us talk about DraftKings a bunch, uh, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge pass, uh, cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's easy to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, and DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Consummate professional. Okay. You know what? That was a good one. I'm not going to lie. That was that was one take for all you kids at home there. That was only one take. So That was, take. That was killer. Well, I don't know about you guys, um, but I don't know if anyone saw a particular radio show had quite the poll this morning. So I figured we'd have some callers of our own on this episode. So welcome to WITPP. This is your host, Matt Arenick. Let's hop right into it. So let's see what we have here. All right, we have a caller from Springfield. Joe from Springfield, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, for, you know, uh, first time, long time. Listen, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Lurie is really making the call here with uh, – with uh, with Hertz, or you think they're going to bring in someone like a starter, like maybe Flacco, uh, to to really show yeah, this Joe, team up? Yeah, Joe. Let me uh, interrupt you here. So this is about the Flyers, not the Eagles. So oh, you have some Flyers questions. Go ahead and shoot them my way. But yeah, if not, no, nah, I got you know Flyers. I mean, what's going on? Why why is the team? You know, they just they play better in front of Brian Elliott than they do Carter Hart. I don't think this kid. 
I don't think he's got the chops for it. He doesn't have the moxie. You know, they, they play better in front of Brian Elliott, and he's, you know, he's the vet they trust. I can see it in their eyes. They play better when he's out in the, in the net behind them. Yeah, I mean, it might seem that way, but I don't know if uh, that's actually the case. I don't see them changing their style of play or their defensive structure. I just think by chance they have more defensive breakdown, breakdowns with Hart and Nett. Um, definitely don't think it's they look behind themselves and see Elliott and Nett and are like, oh, yeah, we should probably try now. But uh, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right, let's see who else we have on here. Um, all right, Mike. Uh, Mike from Ridley. Go ahead. You're on WITTP. Hey, Marty. This is Mike. Uh, look, I've just been straight hustling recently, bro. Um, and when I think about it, I'm like, I, honestly, I'm kind of all in on, on the Hurts bandwagon right now. Like, I think he's got Foles potential. There's no way. Um, hold on. There's, and- n- there's no way. <laughs> there's no way we just had the same exact conversation. Uh, flyers only. So questions for Flyers. Otherwise, I'm going to have to kick you. Who, who are the – oh, the, the, uh, the hockey team, the ice, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. That's fair. Uh, All right. Yeah. You know what? I just heard them that guy talking about uh, Carter Hart. Um, I I gotta ask, man. I don't see the hustle. I don't see the. I don't see the grind. Is he? I think he's. I think he's Wentz two almost. Like you know, like I. You know, I. It's it's Wentz two all over again. Uh, he's just the team. They like the vet. They don't like the kid. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it. This kid, he can't stop a beach ball in there. Tell me, like, what, what is, what is going on? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think you're right. You have a very good player who the rest of the team around him is playing absolutely terrible. So Wentz was a good player. Team around him sucked. When Hart's in net, very good player. Team around him sucks. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, is it Wentz 2.0? Definitely don't think that's the case. Uh, let's move on. That's just, I'm not even going to continue on with that question. All right, let's see. We have another Joe, it appears. Um, Joe from Chichester this time. Go ahead. Yo, Joe from Chai. How you doing, man? I'm not going to keep you long. Listen, here's my thought. I, I just, you know, I, I don't see the team really competing as much as they should, especially in front of, you know, with that captain, Claude Giroux. To me, you know, I've seen captains that have been much better. I mean, you look at Mike Richards. He's always throwing hits. I think they got to they gotta go and they got to get Mike out of retirement, bring him back, get him there, and get, get the C off of Giroux. I don't think he can lead this team. He's too weak, and I, I want to see Mike Ritchie back. And if not Richards, then maybe we go. We trade our first round pick this year for Wayne Simmons, get him back from Toronto, and bring him as the captain. What do you All think, right. Matt? I, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think I got the idea. Um, I'm also pretty sure that this is the same Joe from Springfield. No, no, no. That's my cousin. Oh. That's my cousin. Oh, okay. He, okay. he sells Just... Gabagool on the side. He's a, he's a, he's a paisan, though. He's a good guy. All right, great. Um, yeah, I mean. That's probably the most common question of uneducated fans across Philly is do we strip C, uh, G of the C? Um, the fact that he single-handedly brought us back from the Pens game and won that game and come from behind victory would typically lean me towards no. Um, and I don't think Mike Richards has cell service up where he's fishing now in retirement. So I think that's out of the question. Um, before we get another Joe from Prospect Park, I'm probably going to call it for the day. And this is, again, Matt Arenick, your host from WITPP. Thanks for uh, listening. 
Well, well, we missed Matt. We're sorry, we just we had to duck out real quick. Yeah, uh, sure. I heard a lot of commotion from the booth. <laughs> oh no, as you know, just another day at work answering some <laughs> tough questions. So the hard hitting questions. Oh, you know. Oh, I'm not even gonna bring it up. <laughs> uh, we'll skip that. We'll come back to that at another point. All right. Well, that that was fun. Um, I'm glad we we're able to to kind of let loose a little bit because you know the. The three of us, besides doing this, we all have full-time jobs, and, and this team is supposed to be fun, so it's, you know, it's not been the, the best season. I'm glad when we can have fun with stuff like this every now and again. Just keep it light, because um, we're really trying to avoid beating the dead horse, but we're going to get into it now. Um, again, the team had an ugly start um, against Buffalo. The defensive issues continue to linger. It was good to see them come back and battle back. I mean, I, I would say... You know, the second, third period, clearly the Flyers were uh, were really taking it to Buffalo. They got a tall task ahead of them, by the way, on Thursday. They had the Caps coming back. To, is it back to town or are we going to them? I think they're coming to town. Um, no, Tom Wilson, he's uh, he's in the penalty box still. Um, and that Caps team is still really good. But what are we thinking? Um, quickly, we'll touch on Buffalo real quick and then, uh, and then go to the Caps Thursday. Um, Mike, you want to start I, us not off? Not all at once. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Whoever wants I, to go uh, first. <laughs> I I don't know. The, the Buffalo game was weird, right? Like, it, start, it just felt like one of those games where the Flyers were about to get stonewalled by a random rookie goalie or backup goalie or whatever. And oh, It's funny because we all remarked, I think the last time we played Buffalo, that that kid actually played really well in that the one game that the Flyers beat them. So I was well, getting ready for us. Nasty save last night. Yeah, I mean, he was he was playing really well. the The team was it was not for lack of trying through the first couple periods. I mean, they were they were getting chance after chance. Matt, I remember you said in the chat like, just nobody can finish right now, and I think that's part of it. But part of it too, you got to give the goalies credit when they make a a good save. So, um, but it was good to see them work through all that, um, and ultimately come away with two points. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what matters. Um, I we've said consistently, I think this this is just what the team's going to look like until they play enough game one until they play enough games together with the entire team intact. And then two, when they bring in a competent top pair defenseman, um, that'll hopefully, hopefully go a long way in bolstering the team and improving the play. But yeah, I mean, after the first period, it was kind of an enjoyable game to watch. Like I actually... I comebacks are always fun to watch when the team actually appears like they're putting in the effort to come back, I guess. Like I thought it was I thought it was entertaining. The the Flyers never really felt that out of it. Um even when Buffalo got the 4-2 goal, I was like, oh, there's still plenty of time in this game and Buffalo. We I mean, we saw last weekend or two weekends ago what Buffalo looks like. Um so, yeah. Yeah. Like Mike said, this is the team we're going to see. It was a prime example of just when they have defensive gaffes, they're horrendous. It's leaving players wide wide open in the slot. That's literally how all three of the four goals occurred. The fourth against Elliott was kind of weak, but it did ramp off of ghost stick. Um, but, I mean, it's Myers losing a, a – Battle or, in the corner. Yeah, the first goal the, was very. He's very, very soft on the puck. That first goal, and an AV called him out, which I do like because he has been 
I was hoping he would take the reins of of a pair, whether it was like establishing himself in that second pair or, you know, being able to gel well with, with Provi, who Provi himself has really struggled this year, in my opinion, as well. Um, but on the flip side of the fact that I do like AB calling him out is like, and I think where it frustrates fans is you don't see him calling out Robert Higg. You don't see him calling out Justin Braun, which, which is a little different because Justin Braun's, he's a, he's a veteran. But again, I don't subscribe to the idea that you can't hold them accountable just because of the number of games in the NHL they've played. Um, everyone had gaffes. I mean, it was two goals against the Provy pair. So it was Provy and Myers in the first one. Provy and Ghost in the fourth, and then the the Braun and Sanheim pair on the middle two, where TK was primarily responsible for the third goal against. But if you look at where the goals are scored, it's it's literally in that box. If you play hockey growing up and the coaches draw a box in that kill zone, it's in the slot, and that's where every single goal came from. The only goal I will say that you would like Hart to be a little bigger on was that first one from Reinhardt. He was a little deep in his net, hugging the post when the puck came out of the corner. Um, and that might just be confidence-based, but it's just crazy to me. It's like certain people just have this idea that they want him to almost fail, it seems, so that their Brian Elliott getting more starts hot take can materialize into something, even though Brian Elliott's coming off a sub-900 save percent average season last year and a larger sample size, so... Not really sure what the the plan is there, but like Mike said, it, it's the same old, same old. The power play outside of the vintage ghost bomb was the same old power play, and that's why we talk about getting shots on net, right? Like the only goal they score in the power play comes from a double screen shot from the point, whereas for the rest of the game, we're watching them just continuously pass it around the perimeter, no cross size passes, and they they wonder with players on their off hands why they're not getting looks. It's crazy to me. Yeah, and I mean, after reading Carter Hart's quote from from last night, he knows he's got stuff to fix, um, which is good to see. I mean, I know we joke about the uh, the Wentz comparison, but the one thing where I think you can clearly see a difference between the two of them when when Carson was really struggling this year, and they were talking to him about the turnovers and everything like that, he's just like, "I'm going to continue to play my game," and you know, that was pretty much it. They go to they go to Carter Hart and they're like, hey, you know, obviously this year's not going the way you want, you know. And he's like, yeah, he's like, no, hundred percent. He's like, you know, I I probably have to switch some things up. He's I gotta you know work more with my my goalie coach and you know it's in my head. Like he he admitted it. So I mean, I I, I know we joked about it, but you, you got two completely different people. So people need to calm down. This is Philadelphia. They're always going to look to to stir stuff. Unfortunately, it is what it is. It's you know. So Northeast, we don't have a lot to do in the winter, and we all just want to, <laughs> I guess, yell, yell, and scream. So Carter Hart, I mean, he, I, I still have confidence in him in the long term. In the short term, um, they just got to keep winning games, however they do it, whether that's with Elliott. You'd like it to be with Hart, but um, they have to just keep winning games as much as they can. Um, other takeaways, uh, Ghost, again, looked pretty good, got a goal. Uh, pretty pretty happy with that, Patrick. Um, uh, Av's got a set of brass ones on him, man. Putting him out there for the shootout. Um, I'm happy he got the goal. That, that was, was that a- same. 
Yeah, that was the same goal, I think, from from prior years that he goes he, to that move. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, everyone was shocked by that pick, but I, I kind of wasn't because he, through his first two seasons with the Flyers, he proved that three for eight, he's I pre- think. pretty yeah. solid on the shootout, and he has that he has that move, that wrist shot coming down the off wing is is wild it was either he, he was either three for eight or four for nine before he took the shot um mm-hmm. so i mean good percentages why not send him out yeah. there yeah. um i, I was, was confused happy to see him get a goal yeah i was confused they moved him off that line with g and uh with g and jake like yeah i think san not san i think Limblom has been trending up but mm-hmm. as you clearly saw like he's still not ready to be with at on that line yet i think with where his current state of his play is and patty and yeah. them look so good the prior game it, it's it almost makes me wonder if with that line if they're tweaking almost too much same thing goes with the power play i feel like we see a different power play unit every other night and that drew line always changing it's like yeah i understand like you're you're struggling to get production but at a certain point you have to give them a little time to gel and the kudos the, to sorry go, Joe, go ahead go, no go ahead i was just gonna say kudos to g for i mean he has been playing up and down the lineup this year not through any fault of his or anything like that but he is continuing to produce up and down i mean i know it took him a bit to get past. he was sitting at one goal for a while but his, he had a ton of assists and then as of late he's just he's racking up continuing to rack up goals and assists so um yeah i mean he's he's just continuing to be a really solid player despite the, the situation and circumstances I want to say two quick things, and then we can probably pivot to uh, to Washington. I I have two quick things too, actually, Joe. So go ahead. You well. say your two. No, 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 no. Two quick things. My no, no, no. my two good quick things. One of them is probably good to end on. Okay. So all right. Go ahead. Well, my two quick things. It is. It's not good right now. I mean, I I enjoy that Ghost is playing well, and I actually think Braun has played well since he's come back from COVID. Um, his numbers reflect that too but that's not necessarily a good thing that your two best defensemen are ghost and brawn <laughs> um and then one positive though i wanted to say the special teams actually were a big reason why the flyers were able to win that game tuesday night um i don't want to say it's like a turning point or anything for the units but big power play goal um at least one right and then one yeah and they got then, one right after it ended. yeah yeah and then a huge, 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 huge penalty kill at the end of the game. Uh, what was it like? Jake got called for tripping. For it was yeah. like two minutes and twenty seconds left. Another banner yeah, night so. for the refs after Absolutely. the blatant interference they missed. So yeah, good for them. But I just want to say that's a big moment. You, with the way the units have been, um, you don't come back in that game if you don't get at least one power play goal, and you don't hang on and win in the shootout if you let up. Uh, uh, goal there at the end while you're on the kill. So at least uh, they they at least did that. So that was a positive. Now, Joe, I I yield to you, Joe. Thank you. I was going to ask you guys. Do you think? Did it feel like Buffalo was just waiting for the shootout in the in the overtime? That was one of the worst. I don't they know just kept cycling the puck at yeah, the blue they, line. They, they just kept taking it in and out. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was. I I don't know. I thought it was bizarre. They never. I I can understand looking for the home run opportunity but when you've got the puck for that long like the flyers were i mean there was a sh- there was a shift where sanheim was on the ice for like three minutes yeah like why would you not be attacking i, I know it might not be an a1 opportunity but he's dead on the ice i Get think her, that's what they're trying out. to do yeah. i think like well i think it's a combination of probably that and the fact that like in three on three overtime 
outside of like small set plays, like you just have to let the guys play. Yeah. Like it, it's it's three on three hockey. Guys growing up have done that their entire life. They're gonna do what they know how to do. I think part of it because I saw that I want to say in like one of the Vegas games. I don't know if it was Vegas specifically. But I, the announcers were saying, oh, this is by design. They're trying to, like, tire out the opposing team by, like, having them skate circles and then changing and having someone fresh be able to attack the zone with speed, like you said, after someone might be on there for two, three minutes. But I feel like that's just – it's not fun for the fans, which I know they don't care about, but I think they were just trying a little bit too hard to, like, have something concrete in terms of a plan as opposed to just letting the – the, the game play out and attacking, like you mentioned. So, the play now reminded me like of the, uh, was it Tampa that used to play that trap? You're just like, come on, like, Christ, get it together, put a product on the ice people want to watch. But I was just curious. The last thing I'll say, and I touched on this um, I, when we were in the group chat over the game, uh, that Lawton dumping, you know, destruction, whatever you want to call it, illegal play, um, doesn't get called. Okay. And and I heard people arguing, oh, well, you know, the players didn't see it. You know, that's why no one took, you know, ownership of it. And then I would have liked to see someone step up and, and, and do something. But at the same time, they then dug themselves a 3-1 hole. So it's hard to, you know, justify sending someone out there to, to rough up when you – right now you got to score as many goals as possible to get back in the game. So – I'm really torn because I would have loved to have seen them. I think this team this year has, has been soft in that regard. We've talked about it. You had Lindblom getting his, his face cracked in just blatantly. No one did anything about it. Um, the Penguins game, the one where Myers got hit late after the play, you know, kind of a cheap shot, nothing, no, no kind of response. You know, there, there's been a couple this year, and I would like to see the team have a little more fight in them. I, again, I understand this game. You carve yourselves down a 3-1 hole, so maybe not the best time to do it. But um, I just don't want the league to start to think, oh, we just fucking push around the Flyers, do whatever we want. You know, Clearly, they're not going to respond if we go take runs at guys. So I like a little more little more piss and vinegar, I think is what Coatsy said on the on the, on the broadcast uh, for the radio. Uh, just, a, just a little bit, you know. That, that's all I ask. Yeah. No, I mean, you're going to get an agree agreement from me. I, I think that's probably part of the reason why they didn't. I don't want to give them that full excuse because, like you mentioned, it's been the entire year. And if you look at teams that have been successful in the past, I'm not saying you have to drop the gloves, but at least, like, they let they let so much go, as you see. I mean, they Curtis Lazar literally lifted up Scott Lawton and visibly, like, finished his follow-through, and they didn't call anything. So if nothing more, like, Go and get like a face wash. Like a face wash. I think like that just is a sign of a closer group. Is that if someone like especially the Limblom hit, like given everything he's gone through, and you're gonna let just whoever it is go. Like I, I don't want to see them talking to the ref. Like it's like going to your mom to to like, oh Johnny pushed me down the schoolyard today. Like they are soft. I think that's part See, of their I, problem. I, I thought they, I thought that they, for the rest of the game, were pretty active in between whistles and stuff like that, and and bumping with I must, guys. And I mean, I, I must have missed that. I okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think they're a soft Out of all, out of all the things that I'm concerned about, it's not 
that's not something I necessarily care about at the moment. It's not but higher on the priority I, I list, but I, I think the... it's a component. I mean, where it gets out, you're a bitch. People start to take notice of it. <laughs> that's all. I, I would yeah, like to I see mean, them it, step up a little bit. Just something. I mean, if right now we're 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 all podcasting right now. If a rival podcast came in and just beat my legs. <laughs> You know, am I going to have to come back to full health and take care of them myself or am I going to count on you guys to step in? And that's what, you know, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want Lawton to get his neck broken and he has to come out and take out the trash himself. Like someone should be doing it for him. Someone should have stepped up there. That's all. And I get it. 3-1 down. I'll cut you the slack, but it's been all year where they just let that stuff slide. And then you see him. They're chirping at the bench as the guy who goes by, you know, or they're, they're talking to the ref, you know. I'd like to see a little more physicality. So, you know, when they're down think, 3-1, enough. I get it, but need more. Need more. I think it just speaks to being engaged into the game. If you want to actually tie it into something in terms of, like, being engaged for a full 60 where we have these mental lapses. Like, if you're fully engaged and you're, like, in the game, you see someone take a cheap shot, like, Again, I'm not asking to take a penalty to put us down with our ter- terrible penalty kill that cost us the game. I think they did a somewhat better job in the Penn series of being physical and being responsive in that manner. Like I think that was one of the more engaged games we've seen all year. I think just a continuation of that in other, in other series would be well appreciated or welcome, I should say. We'll see. They'll have their chances because they're going to play the Caps on Thursday, and they're a physical team, so... We talked about Wilson not being in the lineup, but um, they Ovechkin can still hit with the best of them. He's a big body. Um, they, they got some bigger guys in the lineup just just in general. What do you guys think? Well, I'm, I mean, obviously we're all going to hope for a win. Do you think um, – have they announced the starter yet in, in net? It's probably going to be Elliot, I would imagine. I think so. they already thought it was going to be Elliot going into that game, right? Probably because because yeah. Hart was supposed to finish this game so um, or Tuesday's game. Um, any kind of thoughts before we play them again? Obviously, I didn't get to watch the game Sunday. Do you think there's anything that might carry over from that game? Not just not physicality wise, but any kind of a play that might you know that you saw that hey there might be some effective backdoor play. That's the the Caps love that backdoor play off the faceoff. Okay. So just watch that and I mean. The Caps are the Caps are a really flawed team too. Like when you look at the Eastern Conference right now, or whatever you want to say, the East Division, Mass Mutual. It's not, yeah, Mass Mutual East Division. It's not like any of the teams right now that are fighting the playoff race are like bulletproof. Like the Bruins look good against us, but are bad against pretty much every other team in the league. Yeah. So, or every other team in the division. So, I mean, and the Caps are dangerous on offense their power play they figured it out after having an off year last year but they're a mess in their own zone too they don't have like johnny carlson is good but he's not you know this norris caliber defender in his own end at least that i think they were hoping he turned into and i like samsonov but he's unproven as well he's at the end of the day he's a he's a rookie so you know we saw it earlier in the year if the flyers can get in the cap zone they can cause some damage and score goals and we even saw that game sunday the flyers had a ton of chances samsonov just made some some sneaky good saves so minimize those breakdowns those backdoor set plays and continue to i mean the team has looked in my opinion the team has looked really good in the offensive zone in i don't even know like 
five of the last six games, seven of the last eight games. The one that I didn't think they looked good in was uh the that Saturday game versus the Penguins. They were kind of mm. and I didn't bring much, but yeah, I mean I I like what they're doing on offense. I think that this team can generate offense and score with the best of them, but um, they need to continue that and then just cut down on the cut down on the clear blatant like there's no reason to let a team set up a play on you like that off of a face off off of an icing. So that's that's really what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think um I agree. I'm just looking for TK to get going. Um Hayes to return to his early season form. I think he's been a little I don't know if, I won't say lazy, but he just doesn't seem himself recently. He's had some nice goals and some nice setups, but as a, his whole body of work hasn't been the, where it was in the beginning of the season. Um, and then Patty, yeah, like Joe mentioned in the intro, kind of using that as a springboard to build some confidence. I did like last game, he, he came down the wing and had a nice slap shot that generated a rebound. So um, I think those, those guys plus Provy, we need Provy to get back to just even top pair form, not necessarily number one, because he, I don't know if it's the, all the different partners, but at the same time, when you're a number one defenseman, that can't be an excuse. Yeah. So he, he needs to, he needs to step up and we're almost at that, the halfway point and we need him to start trending up heading into the, uh, to the second half of the season. I'll, I'll end with this for the, for the caps game convert on odd man rushes that would be nice um i remember the one from tuesday i think it was patty and i don't know who was on his wing but it was a two-on-one they didn't get the shot off so um kind of frustrating i I would like to see some some conversions on those because i mean we, we talk about how this team can score all the time those are prime opportunities to get a goal um you know you have the main advantage literally so we'll see um We'll see how they, they play on Thursday against the Caps. Other league news kind of wrapping up. The NHL landed a new deal, a new TV, media deal, whatever you want to call it. Uh, with ESPN, it's going to be on ESPN 1, I think 2 plus, and ABC is going to get um, the Stanley Cup final games, it looks like. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the group chat. I'll just say my quick two cents, and we'll go to you guys. Mike, you're you're the broad broadcast guy. Um I think this is probably good for the league. I was a, a little surprised just because my last memory of ESPN and hockey was them firing Burnside and LeBron and, you know, I think Craig Custins, and like all, all of their good hockey writers. They just canned them all in 2017. And which, I mean, I, I get it. A lot of those guys also wrote for TSN or Rogers or whatever up in Canada. So they were all fine. But um, it really felt like for, I don't know, the last it's 2021 now. So the last four years, essentially hockey was just kind of an afterthought to ESPN, but maybe that's going to change. I think it's still good for the league. Cause it's going to be a bigger audience, but what about you guys, Mike, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if you look around television and around publications right now, the media landscape is just a mess in general. So, um, I mean, it didn't really make sense for ESPN to keep employing, all of those writers if they hadn't featured the sport on their platform since, you know, 2004 or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think it's good for the league. And I think, you know, the, the league has had, they, it's done a lot of work to, uh, 
it's done a lot of work to get its notoriety back up from pre-lockout, pre-2004 lockout days, I guess. Um, but it's still just not marketing very well. And it doesn't help that the only place you can go to watch NHL highlights on any given night is NHL Network. And as a former NHL Network employee, uh, let me just tell you, nobody watches NHL Network. I uh, do. You can you can count. I did too, Joe, but you can count on probably, <laughs> I'll say, two hands. Two hands and a, and a left foot, how many people watch that network. So, um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that ostensibly highlights should be in regular rotation on ESPN, they'll have, yeah, it's just a broader audience. So, um, good for the league. It was surprising because I thought that that, bridge was sufficiently burned but it just goes to show espn sees the nhl as a viable money-making league or whatever which is i mean that's big for good for, for the league. league yeah 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 i don't want to i'd be like a witpp caller if i try to give my thoughts but i don't know <laughs> the landscape as well as mike does but i at first when i first saw it i was just a little confused same way joe was simply because for a network that does not care to talk about hockey in any shape or form, bringing them on was kind of confusing. But if they have a bigger audience, like Mike's mentioning, and it's going to get it in front of more people, and then ABC is going to have um, obviously another bigger audience for the primetime games, that's, that's important for the sport. And hopefully um, the NHL is able to use this kind of newfound audience to better market and see that, hey, we have a broader market, more important to emphasize marketing of the sport and, and their biggest players and personalities. So that's what I'll be looking for. Um, I'm interested to see kind of who will be commentating on ESPN. That'll be something I'll look, look for in the news headlines to come. Um, but overall, seems like it's a good deal for the NHL and the sport. So I'm all on board. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I told Mike, I'm not worried about the NHL. I'm honestly just more worried about ESPN. Just because I think of like the major broadcasting networks, uh, Fox has been pillaging them in terms of talent. Um, and I just think, I think FS1 continues to really grow. I mean, they have jerks like, you know, uh, Skip Bayless and Colin Coward, or, you know, they're kind of just talking heads. But I mean, they pull numbers, they pull revenue, they pull listens, all that kind of stuff that's important. ESPN, I feel like the last couple of years has kind of been on the reverse. They just lost Tom Rinaldi, too, which. If you guys watch football, he does those unbelievable, like, before games, like, it's like these, they make you cry, honestly. I don't think I've ever watched one where I haven't cried, where um, he does, like, an in-depth breakdown on, like, a player and, like, their family history and the backstory behind it. And it's just, like, unbelievably great, great television. So, um, they just lost him to Fox. I'm hoping, I, everyone's chatting for uh, for Gary Thorne. Everyone's Gary Thorne back. I'll be honest, I'm too young. I don't really remember the telecast i i don't um i know bill clement was his partner but other than that um it's probably the best booth best national booth u.s national booth of all time in my opinion so there um, you go but i don't think that thorne will come out of retirement though he, well no he's he's available because he was the orioles yeah, I, up until yeah, 2020 I he's, still doing, he's still doing Orioles stuff but i don't think he's that, that's a big commitment when he sees that check he might he might have to uh maybe he, he might have to reconsider my friend that's uh I'm sure it'll be a big one, but I'm pissed that it's going to mean more Barry Melrose. Oh, Barry's Barry. coming back, Barry's, baby. He's the worst. Barry <laughs> is ESPN's, um, Christ, Milbury. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he's just Milbury light. Um, yeah. 
So we'll we'll see. Um, still, I think we all agree. Hopefully, good for the league. Um, I just hope it makes it watching easier for us. That'd be great too. People who are already invested, make it easier for us to watch games. Um, other than that, I, I don't really know how to end this episode, guys. It's it's been weird. You know, we all thought this team was going to be better. This year was going to be a lot of fun. It hasn't been. <laughs> There's still plenty to, plenty of time for them to prove us right, though. Um, the clock is ticking, though. I hope they can start to get it together soon. Chuck, start start using that phone, my friend. I know Comcast pays the bills. I keep a light on. I'm sure they can get you up with Xfinity Mobile to make a call down to Nashville. Not that hard. So we'll see what happens from Matt, from Mike, from myself. Hope everybody has a great day. Take care, folks.